Hey friends, welcome to the Redeemer Queen's Park podcast. Redeemer exists to help connect Jesus to people, people to community, and community to mission. We're gathering on Saturdays at 3 p.m. to worship God and fellowship. If you ever have any questions, or if we could be of help in any way at all, then please give us a shout at hello at redeemerqp.com. We hope you'll be encouraged as you hear another one of our Bible talks. Let's listen to the next episode. Comes upon believers for them to live in mission. And I wrote some things here. Oh God. Um, Off the script. Uh, by grace, the Spirit convicts us of sin. So if you're here and a Christian, the Bible says the Spirit works in non-believers. The Spirit is there trying to uh, work and to convict you of sin, of, of our sinful nature. It's then we respond in faith, in faith, but it's actually by grace. It's the work of the Spirit all along. He's working to convict us of sin. Yeah, she is on fire. Um, And as we put our faith and trust Jesus, the Spirit takes us from the cross to leading us to life and to a new life. This new life, we ought to live for God and not for ourselves. How is that possible? And we're going to discuss it now. It's only possible through the leading of the Spirit. The leading of the Spirit works in us a new life. And with that, we're going to talk about the new senses that we get. And you know how the Bible talks about how we as believers ought to live not by faith and not by sight? We can only live by faith through the work of the Spirit. And we're going to discuss all these things. And I think today the Holy Spirit is the most neglected person of the Trinity in the church. It's the least talked about. And is is. It's the one. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. If I don't go, it is for your benefit that I go. Because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit will not come. So the Holy Spirit is God's representative now on earth. It's the one who leads us to be like Jesus. So Jesus can walk on earth again. Okay. A few foundational truths. I'm not going to be bothered to give you the, the verses right now. Because I have so much to talk about today. A few Uh, truth about the spirit so we know that he's a person he's God he's Lord he's God's representative he's the agent God uses to accomplish his will on earth the ministry of the spirit in Jesus made the word become flesh anointed Jesus for service raised the Jesus from the dead the spirit and the word are always together the minister of Jesus in us, he convicts the world of sin, of its sinful nature. He makes us born again, confirms we are children of God, reveals us Jesus, matures us into sonship, empowers us to bear witness, intercedes for us and teaches us how we ought to pray. And finally, the, the ministry of the Spirit through us, the fruits of the Spirit. We, we have that in Galatians and we know all of that. My goal today with the message is to teach you or to tell you four different things that the Spirit always leads. That's his job, his role. Uh, Then talk about how he leads, where he's leading us to, and how we ought to respond. If you forget everything that I say, because there are going to be so many words in it, you just remember the last bit, how we ought to respond. So, let me... Oh, I forgot to put my clock. Okay. Okay. 
In the first text, I'm going to break the, the text down um, and, and, and extract a few sentences from it just to, to expand on it. So John 16, 12 to 15, I called it, I entitled it, The Spirit Leads and Guides. So the first sentence out of it, when he comes, the sending of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost launched the Christian church. That's really important there because something that happened that changed the course of history, it happened there. He will guide you. The main role of the Spirit is to guide and to lead us. If you think about it, the disciples, they followed Jesus because they saw Jesus. But when the Spirit came upon them, they followed Jesus because they really saw Jesus. Did you get the difference? They had a revelation of who Jesus was. So they followed Jesus to the cross. Then through the Spirit, they followed Jesus from the cross. It's completely different. Into all truth. What is truth? Truth about God, who He is, what He is about, who He made us to be, our purpose, our mission, and our future. Isn't that all the questions we get in the counseling room? What is my purpose? What is this? The Spirit holds it. He will speak what He hears. God speaks and leads through His Spirit. But we can only follow if we hear and obey. He will glorify me, Jesus. The Spirit always talks about and points us to Jesus. He gives us a revelation and knowledge of Him as we read in Ephesians 1.17. We'll tell you what's yet to come. We receive what is mine and make it known to you. The Spirit is in perfect harmony with God's heart, God's Word, and wants to reveal it to us, 1 Corinthians 2.10. Then the second text we, we, we read, Romans 18.14-16. I titled it, Made Free to Follow the Spirit. For those who are led by the, who are led by the Spirit, Becoming a Christian doesn't automatically make you a follower of the Spirit. The Spirit can be ignored, can be resisted, can be neglected. That's where I find myself most of the time or a lot of the time. Used to. For those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. The Greek word there for children here denotes maturity. So in other words, we grow as we obey the Spirit. So growth comes not by knowing more, necessarily knowing more Bible verses, but having them being shown to us by the Spirit. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Well, until we're born again by the Spirit, we cannot experience real freedom. Do you know what I mean? Like, we see the world out there, they are having real fun by their standards. They feel like that's freedom, and we look like the weird ones, don't we? Because we have a time to be in church, we don't go to certain events, we don't do certain things. But they don't know that we're busy worshipping the King, right? That is the truth. The spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. Well, there's the doctrine of adoption here, but I'll let Tom talk about that whenever that time comes. Um, the spirit made us children of God and heirs with Christ. Well, but there is this guy that I enjoy reading, John, that called the, the, 
the doctrine of adoption, uh, the grace that rises higher than justification. A judge can acquit you, but it takes a father to adopt you. That's what happened. That's far beyond what we can imagine. Then, the, get, going to the final bits of, of the, the text, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit leads us and he reconciles us to the Father, to a loving and personal Father, which some might call Daddy God. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. He leads us through life, assured of who we belong to and where we are headed. I have three important observations about those texts. The first one, a Christian has life only in the Spirit. If you think about this, the Bible will tell us, John 3, 6, flesh is born of flesh, but Spirit is born of Spirit. When we're born into this world, we are born in the flesh. We can only follow the flesh. We don't know God. We can't understand God. We very easily displease God with our sinful behavior. And we are easily shaped by the world around us. And when we are born into this world, born of the flesh, in the flesh, we can only follow our physical senses. They dominate us, our flesh. On the other hand, when we trust in Jesus, we are born in the Spirit. We are born again, and God changes our hearts. And he puts in it, as the Bible says, a heart of flesh, a heart of, that is not a heart, he changed the heart of stone, the stony heart, and puts in our hearts, writes in our hearts, his love, love, and gives us the ability to follow this spirit. Second observation, the Christian life is meant to be a life led by the spirit. I need to keep eye on my thing. Um, consider the big difference in the lives of the, Peter, for example, in the life of the apostles. If we consider life before Pentecost and life after Pentecost, they were Christians to a good standard. They walked with Jesus, right? They had a good connection with him. But though they were Christians, they were powerless, prayerless, doubting and faltering witness of Christ who were fearful for their lives. Is that what we see? Because they only, could only see Jesus using their physical senses, it led them to deny Jesus to ignore Jesus sometimes, not respond well, to not follow well. Isn't that how we see ourselves many times? Or at least it's how I feel sometimes. They could not fully understand Jesus because they only had their physical senses to rely on. However, after Pentecost, this is what happened. They became effective servants in his kingdom and gave themselves to the gospel at the cost of their own lives. That's quite a difference, right? This is actually one of the major points people use to prove the gospel is true. No one would die for a lie, would they? So that's the spirit. Before Pentecost, they walked with Jesus. From Pentecost, they walked with Jesus in them because they had a, a real revelation of who Jesus was. I feel like I'm running here, but I am. I have so much to cover. Um, the third and final one, that's not really the end of the message. <laughs> the Spirit leads and we follow. This sounds cliche or uh, may sound so easy to do, isn't it? 
We need to understand this. The Spirit, He works in us, but His goal, its aim, its mission is to work through us. So what He does is this. Um, he gave us the new life. And what normally will happen is this. We'll continue on our course. Remember what I said. It is possible for a born-again Christian, uh, for a born-again believer, not to follow the Spirit. When you are in the flesh, you can only follow the flesh. But when you are in the Spirit, you can still follow the flesh and walk in the things of the flesh, unfortunately. That's why uh, Galatians 5.20 says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So I'll leave you, cut this part short with a question for you. Where does your reality today place you before and after Pentecost? Following or ignoring the leading of the Spirit? It could be so easy for me to say, oh, I definitely follow the Spirit. But a lot of the times, what I see myself doing is inviting the Spirit into decisions I've already made. Inviting the Spirit into my problems that actually originated by not following Him in the first place. And I'm thankful for the fact that God is gracious and He works even adverse things for our good. But that means I'm following my own plan and inviting God in. It's never going to work. So let's understand how He leads. The leading of the Spirit, how He leads. The Spirit, there's many things that He does. But it's important for us to know, he gave us a new life. And with a new life, we've given new senses. So here, you need to know, before you jump into making life about what you feel and what you hear and how these things look, you ought to consider the Spirit and how he speaks into a situation. Ways the Spirit speaks to us, through scriptures. The scriptures are divinely inspired. You're going to read more about that, 2 Timothy 3.16. There is, the Spirit speaks through the inner witness. The Bible also refers to it as the still, small voice. Romans 8, through revelation of the word. Psalms 1.9.18. Through an audible voice, through a spiritual vision, through inspired ideas, through spiritual senses, perception, understanding, discernment, desire, experience. Paul told us, my prayer for you, uh, that God gives you, grants you a spirit of wisdom and understanding. And the way it plays out, oh, just so you know, all of these ways the Spirit speaks are anchored in the Word of God. The Spirit will never speak anything contrary to the Word of God. They are always in harmony. So, yeah, not going to give you an example that came to my mind. But anyway, um, I'm going to give you the example. Someone, actually, this is true. Someone asked to pray. He was married and felt like he was in love with someone else. Felt like he was being led to someone else. That, that is not God, is it? That's not, yeah, you got it, right? Uh, that's not necessarily a good example. Um, Okay, so we know how he speaks and how practically this is. But look, the issue here is you might be thinking, 
to yourself, okay, but he's not leading me. And then we're going to see a bit further on and um, how we can practically engage and respond. And I think the secret lies on how we respond. It's important to, for us to know this. The Spirit always leads, always speaks. He's speaking to you right now. He's speaking to you every day. And in every circumstances you find yourself in, in situation, the Spirit, the voice is there. The question is, how do I tap into that realm? How do I tap into those resources the Spirit already provided me? Discernment, understanding, desire, experience, perception. I think the answer is right at the end. So, continue the leading of the Spirit. Where is He leading us to? I have it for me. The life is about this. When we're born again, we decide, I'm not living for myself. I'm living for God. But then we don't follow the Spirit because we're actually living for ourselves and wanting God to come along. But the reality is the Spirit gives us a new life, a new purpose, a new journey, a new everything. The Spirit leads us to mission. Our new life is a mission. From the garden, we've been kicked out. God is taking us back home. We've been kicked out of the garden. The Spirit is leading us through life, through mission, back home. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to prepare you a place. So where I am, you are also. Isn't that? That is the journey. We're not here for ourselves. We're here for God. We ought to live for Him. Where to? It's leading us to mission. John 17, 15, 17, Philippians 1, 23, 26. The Apostle Paul longed to be with Jesus. That's the verse we hear sometimes to understand. Oh, I long to be with Jesus, but... Because of you bunch, I need to be here a bit longer. That's really what he said, like comes across like that, right? But in what he's saying, my future is secure. So mission, overpower, my senses, my desire, my wants right now. Because it's what the Spirit is leading me to. We are here on mission, headed for heaven. God made us alive in Christ by His Spirit so we could spend eternity with Him. Philippians 3.20 The Spirit empowers us to set our minds to perceive, to understand, to know the things from above. The Spirit shows us Jesus beyond the cross, victorious, seated at the right hand of the Father. As we gaze at this reality, that's how we are changed. The Bible says that we are changed by the renewing of our minds. And we often think that we need to work that out, don't we? I need to read more of the Bible. There's a bit of truth to that because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There is a bit of truth to that, but it's the Spirit. Without the Spirit, we can do nothing. So it's the Spirit that causes change. As it gives us new life and He gives us new senses, we are then able to, to make use of those things to understand Jesus. As, as we gaze at Jesus for who He is, we are transformed. It's, it's Jesus' beauty and wonder that transforms us. It's nothing that we do. The power is within Jesus. So the other thing is within this um, context of, 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 uh, 
of our life being about mission. The mission is in the promise. So you're probably wondering now, what is the mission? The mission is in the promise. The spirit was promised. But you will receive Acts 1.8. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, okay. What is the mission? It's to be witness of Jesus. But to communicate, we need to see that, right? It's only the Spirit that can give us a through revelation of something we haven't seen with our physical eyes, but we can see with our spiritual eyes. Witness, talk about things they've seen. They cannot talk about something they haven't seen, right? You are not there. Were you invited to the crucifixion? No. Well, we have an invitation from the Spirit in the sense that the Spirit reveals Jesus going through the cross, but coming up victorious from the cross. That's what we are supposed to do and communicate. I'm doing great in time. Nine minutes. Oh, God. Not even sure what I'm going to do with so much time. Um, I think we need to dwell here a little bit. One of the key ways is reading on, on how to, to be led by the Spirit. I have for me that is, where to? Oh, it's, sorry, we um, lost on my. Okay, yeah, where to? Life now, so I understand through the Spirit now that the life God has for me is to live with Him. I'm heading home. That's where I'm going, where there's no tears, no suffering. That's a good place to be, right? Heaven with the Father, where the fullness of the presence of God is. The Bible says that we, what we now know in part, we'll know fully. Like, as He fully knows us, we'll know God. Finally, we'll know Him. If there's enough in God now, with our limitations, to attract us, to make us passionate, to make us fall in love with Him. Imagine in heaven how life is going to be like. We cannot even think about these things unless we see Jesus for who He really is. It gets me to how we ought to respond. Because then we see here the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit at work all the time on our behalf. And how do we respond? We know how we play a part in partnering with God. We ought to live by faith. Isn't that true? But we cannot have faith if we don't hear the word, the truth of the word, the breathed word of God through the Spirit. The first thing we ought to do, and I do, and I, I, am, I have to do, I'm not telling you have to do, is to repent. It's a good place to start a journey. With the Spirit. is repentance. Because the Spirit is a person. Like I said, He can be resisted to, ignored, neglected. And He can be grieved. So, if life up until here, even as a good Christian, meant that you're following your things and inviting God in, and you felt that's a good thing, and you now realize, oh, I'm not necessarily following the Spirit. Because if I follow the Spirit, I ought to hear His voice. When we look at the Bible, New Testament, the disciples didn't move unless they heard from the Spirit. Oftentimes, you're going to see disciples 
because I heard from God. I was compelled by the Spirit. I heard from the Spirit. They heard the audible voice of the Spirit. Were they more special than you and me? I don't think so. Well, at least the Bible doesn't say that. So the first thing is to repent. Repentance really is that famous word that we know really, that actually is so simple, means to turn around, a U-turn. You're going one way. You realize, I'm wrong. I can't do it by myself. I need Jesus. I need God. So you turn the other way. So repentance really is a, a, an important step in our lives because actually it's the most obvious things to do. If you're doing something, you're getting a bad result, you ought to change it. If life, money, career, didn't bring you to a place of satisfaction, of happiness, joy, you ought to turn around. Look somewhere else. There's a good place here. The arms of Jesus. The second thing, I was going to read this verse first. Because I love how John had a revelation of Jesus. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, look, the Lamb of God. Can we say together? Lamb of God. Wow, you said it beautifully. Who, always, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he, has, he was before me. I myself did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was, was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Spirit descending upon him from heaven like a dove. Let's say, like a dove. Let's say again, like a dove. And resting on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest upon is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. John 1, 29 to 35. So the second things we ought to do, the first one is to repent. The second thing, we need to watch and learn from Jesus' lamb-like attributes. When we read the Bible, aren't we called to follow Jesus, to imitate Jesus, to be Jesus to the world? So see, meditate on, and communicate Jesus as a, as a sacrificial lamb of God who took away the sins of the world, who reconciled us back to the Father. As we go through life, let's make sure we're not working to earn God's favor. On the contrary, we serve him because of his favor upon us. From this look that we had in Jesus, we see this lamb who took away my sin. And that's why I want to serve this God. The third and final one, and I've got three minutes. Welcome. And I'm going to invite the band back on. I'm going to recap on this and I'm going to give you the third one. And as we sing... At the end, I'm just going to open it up to you. If you feel like you want to commit to a life led by the Spirit, and you want us to pray for you. Maybe you want to commit, and you don't want us to pray for you. You're happy to pray for yourself. just want to open it up. It's so good to be together as a family. As When we start playing the song, 
I'm happy for you to come forward for us to pray for you as you commit yourself to following the Spirit and to giving yourself to mission. When we look at this here, we see two references of two animals, the lamb and the dove. So the second one, we watch and learn from Jesus' lamb-like attributes. And the third one, we welcome the Spirit. And we expect Him to lead us. A lot of the times, we show honor by how we pray, what we pray for, and what expectations we have. When we, for example, pray for a situation to change, that might be a prayer that is a valid prayer, but how much more would be that we pray for God to give us strength to follow Him, to take whatever comes our way, As I invite you to stand, to sing this song, I'd like you to have this in mind. Maybe I'm going to repent. That's a good place. I want the Spirit to lead me. I have everything that is needed. The Spirit has given me spiritual ears, sight, all of that, all the, the, the spiritual senses I need. I'm going to watch and learn from Jesus' lamb-like attributes. I'm going to try to imitate Jesus. I'm going to communicate Jesus as the sacrificial lamb of God. And I will welcome the Spirit every day in my life. Before I make a decision. Before I consider changing plans. Before I respond to an insult. I will sit still. The word says, be still and know that I am God. This still part of the verse is what we can do. But the promise is, if we are still, we will know that he is God. He can save us, deliver us, change the circumstances, change things around. Take us to a place of defeat, to victory. And he is willing to do that. Because this glorifies Jesus. This is for his glory. Done. I'm out of here. I'll let them sing. I'll let the Spirit continue to talk to you. I encourage you to respond. May God be with you.